0: everybody welcome back to another episode one of these years preseason week two rolling on here as uh, Lions Jaguars Jaguars in Detroit or Allen Park we should say uh they'll play on Saturday at Ford Field uh, and we are sitting here Friday Colton another action-packed week uh, at Lions camp uh almost I we're about halfway done with training Thank camp. God. <laughs> unfortunately or a little bit more I guess it's probably on the other side, right? I guess we probably are a little bit more done. Closer to the
1: gone? end of the beginning. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think we are closer to the end of the beginning. But a lot to talk about today uh, as there's, you know, joint practice stuff again this week in, in uh, locally, and then also uh, there's some injury situations going on here, specifically, specifically at uh, wide receiver Colton. Uh, and today, uh, we're recording about an hour or so after the Lions uh, announced that they've waived uh, Denzel Mims, and they've made another addition. Who's the other guy? Who's the guy that they signed? I already forgot his name. Uh, it's sort of a uh. receiver <laughs> from Findlay. Give me a sec here. Uh, like I, 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 they. So anyway, Mims is go- has been waived. Uh, as I think Campbell had talked like very uh, casually, or I should uh, carefully yesterday about or Thursday about uh, he had an injury and he was in the room and we're not going to say much else. But uh, I believe NFL Network reported it was a calf, uh, and then he it hurt it again. So um, so he's waived, which is really disappointing, uh, and the Lions added who? That would be
1: Chargers wide receiver Jason Moore. Uh, <laughs> Jason, Jason Moore. Moore. I knew Moore was in
0: there. I was like, I didn't know what the first name was. I forgot the first name. So Jason Moore, who did play at Findlay, uh, 6'3", uh, more explosive than fast, if I looked him up, like reminded me probably of Josh Reynolds a little bit, like in that mold. So he's an X, mm-hmm. right? So I suppose that does solve or solve that problem. I guess in terms of just like the basic body, though, you know, Mims is a much better prospect. Uh, break this all down, start with the X, and then we'll get into Jameson Colton. But the X situation here uh, is getting a little complicated.
1: Yeah, it is. They don't really have a lot of guys that fill that role um, on this team right now. And I think, you know, when you're looking at a guy like Jason Moore, that's probably the the, the mold they were looking for. Um, you know, Mims was a right. guy they were, you know, somewhat high on. I don't want to say they, they thought he was going to be like a superstar or anything. And they could, you know, turn him into like no, this. But- could, could Live play. up to his second round status, mm-hmm. but you know, he's a guy that could have helped you. Uh he just didn't get, get a chance to really show it because you know I think he's missed most of practice since August 5th. I think that's when he initially went down. Um, you know, they obviously traded for him in like the third week in July, kind of before training camp. And um when he first got out there, you're you're watching him, and you're like, Okay, I see the vision. Yeah, he's got the size, he's got the speed, he definitely looks the part going through these wide receiver drills, individual time with Antoine Randall. And you're like, all right, well, let's see what he looks like when he gets out there in team settings. And he did a little bit of it in, in training camp. Um, but you want to see him out there for a preseason game and just get him some reps and wasn't right. able to do that. Um, had been slowed in joint practices, wasn't out there again this week. And Dan Campbell was asked about Mims yesterday and he's like, Oh, well, you know, he's in there. He's in the room. And when Campbell is like, yeah. very short like that, like, he, he has, like, a terrible poker face. It's, like, the funniest thing. You can always tell how he right. feels about a player. <laughs> so when he said that, I'm just like, yeah, this is not going to last. It's not yeah. good, buddy. <laughs> and he even said, like, I think he was asked, you know, when does he expect him back? And he's like, you know what? I, we'll see. I wish I could give you more. And at that point, you're just like, this might be the end of the Denzel Mims era in Detroit. And here we are a day mm-hmm. later, and he's no longer with the team. So, you know, it happens. Uh Injuries are part of the sport. Um, the good thing for the Lions is that that was a conditional trade, so they don't have to give the Jets any compensation right. for Mims. Um, right. It was only if he made the 53-man roster, if that trade were to go through as initially planned. So that's that's the good part of it. You don't lose any draft picks. Um, you keep those. Maybe you can package them elsewhere. But um, that was a guy that could have filled that role, could have been the wide receiver five, maybe the wide receiver six, um, but just didn't have a chance to prove it. And now you're looking around the, around the receiver room, Amara St. Brown's going to miss time. He won't be back until sometime next week. Jameson Williams, obviously, has a hamstring injury. It sounds like his preseason is done, which is really unfortunate for him. Um, guys like Maurice Alexander have missed practice. Trini Benson just got back after missing some time. So they've been pretty thin here at right. wide receiver, and that was a question mark for both of us this offseason. Um, you know, I kind yeah. of threw out, after watching them in mini camp and OTAs, I'm like, they could – Definitely use another body here. And they got Mims. They tried it out. Didn't yeah, work. Right. <laughs> the one that I was looking at was, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, it's a guy who was always going to pick a spot. Like, he had his choice. He had some options. So, I don't know if the Lions, how much they actually pursued him or how much he was actually interested. But I just really thought that would have been a perfect mm-hmm. marriage if they could come together. You know, Lions had the cap space to make it work. Again, we don't know the details behind the scenes. But that was a fit that I saw really a few months ago. Didn't materialize. And now here they are going out looking for help. And scouring practice squads and whatnot yeah. and just scraping the bottom of the barrel, I guess, for some for some help.
0: So I think that this could go a couple ways here uh, on the X, first of all. Um, because, yeah, the Mims thing is a real bummer. Um, but, you know, whatever. If they can keep in touch with him and if it's not a bad situation where it's like, you know, he can come back and after in a, in a month, I don't know, like or something like that, maybe they can say, get back in here and we'll see what happens. Because you're right, he did look pretty good in the very limited time that we saw him out there, which was like a day or two. Yeah, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't long. And then he was out. He was gone. Uh, but, you know, that's a bummer. But now you move forward and you say, okay, well, we were talking about this before. Like, you know, a guy like uh, Drummond, the kid from yep. Eastern, is has probably had, to this point, certainly a good enough camp to make the team. And based on the situation they have at receiver. Um, but if you were to keep five... And him, you're going to be short an X because you only have Josh Reynolds, uh, and Jameson really isn't an X. So that's, no. take him off the table. We're only talking about just the big body, the six-two, six-three big guy who can stretch the field. And Reynolds really isn't an X that stretches the field. He's not a guy that can burn. That's what Mims is supposed to be able to do. Uh, and neither is Moore. So this can go one of two ways. You can see what you can see what Moore does. You know, we can see what happens here in these next couple days weeks whatever it is the lions still have you know the new rules in camp you don't have to make any cuts right until the end so you got some mm-hmm. time uh and then it also gives you some time after that to go and scour and see who everybody else cut and whatever you know see what happens there the other thing you could do is like you said colton they didn't lose anything on the mims trade so you could if you want you now you have a better idea of where your roster's at i almost wonder if you wanted to get more aggressive and go out and look at a team that is like a little bit loaded up at receiver that doesn't need all this. And maybe you say, we'll give you something here for this guy, and he's ready to go. I almost wonder if you do this if that's on the table. I don't know. Like, because they got a really good looking thing here everywhere else but that. <laughs> like, that's my point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Receiver's like the one thing right now where you're like, oh god, that's not good at all. Everything else looks like about what they've drawn it up, right? So where do you land on on this? I know Campbell said yesterday that they're they're looking. But typically with Holmes, that meant what they just did, which is adding more. You know, I'm curious now if, you know, I don't know if this – I know we can't say this is necessarily the end of any moves. I'm curious what your thoughts would be uh, going forward. Yeah, you know,
1: historically this is probably a Holmes move just based on his track record in Detroit, maybe taking like a lesser-known guy and trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. But I almost wonder now because, you know, there's obviously some expectations with this team. If you do try to make more of a splashier move and wait for like – you know, guy that might be cut, right. or a guy that's maybe outside looking in with another team, or just a team that has excess depth. Like, if that's if that's a move you make now, where you're not, you know, just getting guys that are just trying to land on and catch on somewhere, you look, you look at a guy that actually has some talent that can help, right. you, help you win some games here. So, maybe that's a different philosophy, maybe that's a shift this year than we've seen in the past, and um, we obviously wouldn't know that until, like, you know, the first week of September when, when roster cuts are, and when teams are kind of trying to figure out what's going on with their own teams. Um, But if not, maybe you just get more in here and see what he can do. And he's an extra camp body for the meantime, because, again, they're pretty thin. Even just going out there on Thursday, you're looking at the wide receiver drills and you're just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this feels empty right now. (laughs) No Saint, no JMO, like no Mims. It's like you're looking around, they could use some depth just for practice bodies. So I know the three guys that they have right now are, you know, Dylan Drummond, Chase Coda, Antoine Green, like these three rookies that are kind Mm -hmm. of out there. They're basically the second team wide receivers right now, so um, maybe they like mm-hmm. some of those guys. A combination of two, if if they want to go with six receivers, um, not including JMO. Um, but if not, maybe they do look out and try to be more aggressive than they have in the past and, and land a bigger name receiver.
0: I do wonder. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if this week and you know you're going to get all the the week two, the second preseason games, and then the third one is like nothing. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. play this is the only one where you're going to get anybody in some of these places to see anything happening. Um, and I almost wonder that if you see next week, if we, I don't know this, I'm just guessing if we don't see something where they go and evaluate, now you've got two preseason games under your belt, you go around, you look at the league and you say, okay, where's the, where's the situation? Is there a situation where a guy that fits our need is sort of stuck? And can we get him out of there for the right price? And like, cause that's essentially what they did with Mims. The jets were stuck with, you know, he's not yeah. going to play. So like, you try to find somebody like that, you know, and I wonder if they try to just do it again, uh, more or less. And if if you have one more week of data, you know, maybe that's what happens. I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping. I mean, jumping ahead though, because Coda also played really well, and like maybe they don't. Maybe they just like him too, you know. Maybe maybe that's yeah. It's
1: amazing. it's a it's a question of whether you want to go with the guys that you've developed and brought in here and and like what you've seen, or you want to find an unhappy receiver elsewhere. Like the NFL has no shortage of unhappy yeah. receivers. <laughs> so. No, they don't. <laughs> oh, my God. they Maybe everywhere. you can find one out there, and he can help your, te- help your team and crack they're the roster. getting screwed. But, yeah. I don't know. They do like Coda, and they do like Drummond. Yeah, so. I, I don't either. Yeah. yeah, I agree.
0: Right. That's the best news. And Maurice Alexander, who isn't an ex, but, like, they've got enough guys that, like, that they've brought in here that, you know, you can keep getting work done anyway. So it's not, like, a total disaster in that sense, but, like, it's still sort of concerning. And then the Jameson thing is now become concerning to this is concerning for Jameson more than it is for the Lions at this point. To me, uh, he's going to come back uh, in six in six weeks or whatever after the suspension. Uh, he's likely done after the hamstring injury, which looked pretty bad. Didn't look good, um, and which means he's going to miss all this time. And so, here's the deal: he has to come back after week six, seven, week seven, and look like a first round pick. And he has to come back and look like a first round pick for the rest of the season. You know, and if he doesn't like, then what are we talking about here? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, now this is truly all the way on him. There's no other. Like, they tr- they've tried everything. They they did. They just signed Teddy Bridgewater. You know, and I know that we can't we can't control when we get hurt. Although we've talked about hamstrings before, but you know things happen. I get it. Um, that sucks. All that, but like he's now missing. The whole camp, essentially, other than a week, a week and Mm -hmm. a half, two weeks. And uh, I just can't think of a scenario other than missing the whole camp where it would have been worse. This is about as bad as it could have been. Um, And now, yeah, it's fully on him now. I just, there's, I don't know what else to say about it. And, And that's really the situation. That's the hard part because we're about to be, you know, looking down the barrel of two years in with, you know, unless he blows up in the second half, not much. Yeah. I don't know where are you there? yeah
1: so first off to make matters worse I believe b- when J-Mo is suspended <laughs> he cannot get help you know, medical help from the team so like he's nursing this hamstring mm. injury and he can't even like I wonder if they can appeal I think that they're, they're looking into yeah. it that's what Dan said um, the other day but yeah. the fact that that's a rule okay. come on like NFL like figure this figure loop. this shit out man like that's that's so bad I know he's suspended, <sighs> but he all. was suspended that's for terrible. betting on a game away from the team facility. Yeah, he didn't yeah, hurt that anybody. That wasn't an NFL game, and money. now you won't even let him get help for an, for an, a hamstring that he strained. You know, like that's oh. that's bad. But in terms of JMO, mm, no. you know, even after the preseason game where things didn't really look, look all that great with him and Nate Sudfeld, um, Sudfeld mm-hmm. was 2-7 right. uh, for 18 yards and two interceptions when throwing to JMO. They just weren't on the same page. Even after a game like that. Dan Campbell stood up after, after the game, you know, to reporters and was like, I, "I didn't care if I didn't go into this game saying I need to see ten catches for 180 yards and like three touchdowns from Jalen. That's not what I was expecting. I just want to see him get the work. Um, how were his routes running? Looking, um, did he look crisp? You know, how, how was he coming out of his breaks? Like that's what he was looking for more so than stats in a meaningless preseason game. Just the reps, the work. Now he doesn't have that." and that's where things get complicated because he's already set to miss all this time. He needed every single rep, every single snap and practice just to be able to say, I've gone through a full NFL offseason. Like I've finally got my feet under me. I, I I'm, you know, paved my own way a little bit. I, I, I know what I need to do. He only got like three weeks of that. And now preseasons preseason is over really before it started. And you know, those two games could have been valuable for him. I, ex- I would I expect him to play a lot against the, um, Against the Jaguars oh, yeah, the same, coming up, yep. probably against the Panthers too. So that's two games, games that you're not going to have him out there for. His suspension kicks in like early September, and then you won't see him again until October 22nd. So, yeah, man, that's right. tough. Like, and I feel like we've been pretty like open-minded about the J-Mo situation, probably more so than most, just giving him a chance. But mm-hmm. now it's to a point where, all right, man, you came to the league, you have the ACL, they're patient with you. Got yourself suspended for six games, they were patient with you. Now you have a hamstring injury. I know you can't control that, but it's like that was valuable time missed, and now you're not going to have that final two, three weeks of practice. So right. that's a tough situation, man. No other way to spin it. No other way to put it. So when he comes back, we'll see. I'm not confident that he's just going to come out and look like the number 12 overall pick with all the time he's missed and you know time away from the team. So I know he gets a couple of weeks to kind of yeah, ramp back I up and you practice, but – I don't even know what the expectations should be for when he does return. Um, I would still try to be slow with him, but it might just be sort of a lost season as he gets his feet under him this year. Um, And maybe he starts to put together down the stretch. And I think ideally for the Lions, they're like in a playoff run, playoff push, and maybe he can help them when Mm -hmm. he finally puts things together at the end of the season. Maybe that's how it works out, but I don't really know how much you can expect from him when he does return. Like, I don't think you can put the expectations of him being the 12th overall pick and this game changing talent, when he's on the field, because he might not have that sort of impact with where the lines yeah. are by then.
0: I've had people ask me, like, do you think they should trade him? Do you think they should move him or no. whatever? And I, my answer to that no. is no, <laughs> no, uh, absolutely not. Uh, at the moment, no. Um, that's crazy because a couple reasons. Number one, I think it's a risk that you took and you owe it to yourself and the franchise to see it out as long as you possibly can, which you po- you you still have room on that runway. There's no re- there's no gun to your head that says you have to do anything here, so that's number one. Number two, uh, he hasn't played, right? We have to see it still. And so, what is his value? Yeah. Like, what are you even going to get for him if you said tomorrow, like, a hey, hey, uh, you know, Panthers were trading? What do you want? What do you want? they're gonna be like six round pick. Like, what are they gonna say? Like, <laughs> nothing. Like, I mean, it's probably not that low, but I mean, it's not going to be good. Yeah. So, that's number two. There'd be no point in doing it. And. Yeah, I mean, I think that those are the two biggest ones, and then I would also, but I would also add at the end of the season, as I always say, um, the math on every player changes, and the math on Jameson at the end of this year is going to change one way or the other. Um, you know, and it's going to be up to him to decide where that's going to go. And that when I say the math, that I mean uh, how much longer they're willing to do this with you. Would a conversation about should we think about what we could get for him if he doesn't really do anything again this year and that we're sitting there in January, would they have that conversation? I bet they would. I bet they wouldn't say no to a conversation about, like, thinking about it. It wouldn't be off the table because you're talking about two years in. If he's shown a little bit, like, and it's still whatever, and you think you can get something and just move on and it's not working. Uh, well, I mean, like, yeah, who, who are we to say that after two years of that, you wouldn't consider it? But, like, it's only been one year. <laughs> and so, like, I think that's the most important thing. And now you're just sort of stuck, and this is like this isn't un, this isn't unfamiliar territory to Lions fans. Fortunately for most, unfortunately or fortunately whatever, uh, because you're just stuck. You have to ride it out. Like we've, we saw this with Okuda, yeah. right? You can't just dump him because like what are you gonna do? Like just dump him because you're mad? Like <laughs> no. So you have to play this out, and you have to see what happens. But uh, yeah, now it is really incumbent upon Jameson, and um, the light has to really go, and you know. That sucks because I, I don't know that that day it was he was only out there for a little bit. I thought it was a good route. that Yeah, he, he burned he his guy too. That's a chance to get that's there. That's the irony of it all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like whatever. So you know uh, that's all I would say about that. I, I don't know what else to add on it. Um, I would say this. Other than
1: yeah, that. I would say this. Um, James is going to get eleven games in this season. Um, mm, yes, a lot. So when you're looking at his first year Hopefully. where he only played six games and was clearly working his way back. It's going to look a lot different you know he's going to be around the team he can practice and ramp up for a little bit before um he's had an off season i know it was shortened but he still had parts of an off season to look like an nfl receiver he's going to have a good chunk of games to kind of get himself acclimated to this offense and work himself in Mm -hmm. so i think i think it's fair to judge his performance in those final 11 games um And how he does and how he looks. And that will probably shape whatever off-season narrative arises around JMO. Whether he looks good, whether he looks bad, whether he looks rough, you know, we'll see. But I think that's sort of the first time that I'll be able to properly judge him and assess what he's been doing. Yeah. Um, Because, again, these practices are nice. They don't mean anything. It's the games. It's the reps. It's the live reps that actually matter. So when he gets out there um, against the Ravens, I, I believe October 22nd, and from that point on, the rest of the season, what type of player does he look like? If he's still not ready to go, if he's still not really much of the a big contributor in this offense, and you know is tweeting about how he's not getting targets or liking tweets about how he's not getting targets, that's when I'm like, all right, yeah, right. all right, right, buddy, like we're not going to play no, up with that anymore. No. Right? Yeah, you can do yeah. it as a rookie, second year after all the stuff mm-hmm. you've been through. Like maybe it's time to get past that. So we'll yeah. see. I, I'm, I'm definitely going right. to judge him on his his games and. Mm-hmm you know, how how the rest of the season shakes out for him.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I agree with that. And moving on to brighter notes, I should say, uh, the rest of the roster, <laughs> which looks pretty good. I mean, in somebody in many areas, I'll say. Uh, Colton, you are out there for both days this week with the Jaguars-Lions practice. I was out there uh, just the one. Did they hit uh, on Thursday? No, they didn't, and I really? didn't love that. Was I'm it?
1: like, what's the point of joint yeah. practices if you're yeah, not going to okay. go full pass? I think even Graham Glasgow so, said something like that. After practice, he's like, "What are we doing, guys?"
0: That makes me wonder. Then, like, they're gonna. I, I wonder. Then those guys are probably gonna play in the game.
1: Campbell said that. No, I think Campbell said the opposite. They're not like same game plan for. All right. Well, you know, whatever. Then,
0: yeah, that's weird. Okay, that they just took it off. It's weird. It was very weird. Yeah, I agree with Graham. Uh, But anyway, okay. So then, uh, I guess on the on the day that they did hit, um, you were watching mostly uh, defense. I watched mostly offense. What were some of the things that stood out to you? Uh, on the day that they did actually hit? I know that CJ had a talkative day there that day. Ridley was out there. And the Jaguars obviously have talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting matchup across the board. What were you What were you looking at defensively? That corner? was
1: definitely the marquee matchup, like the Jags offense versus Lions mm-hmm. defense. Um, because you have a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence who is making some throws, man, that you're just like, <laughs> oh my God! Like he is unreal. <laughs> like that franchise is—he's is, he's awesome. Yeah, that franchise is in great hands um, with Trevor Lawrence. But I was watching Calvin Ridley. I'm watching Evan Ingram. I'm watching Zay Jones. I'm watching Christian Kirk. I'm like, they have weapons all over the field. It's gonna be a great test for the Lions secondary. Mm-hmm. And I thought for the most part it's pretty even battle. Like you didn't get embarrassed out there. You won a lot of battles. CJ Gardner Johnson looks terrific like he looks like he's a midseason forum yeah he was talking shit we can't say some of the things that he was saying but just know that he was out there talking shit <laughs> we're not trying to, to get us in trouble but he was talking to everybody giving it to whoever yeah. wanted it even people that didn't want it
0: people in sh- people in t-shirts yeah yeah, yeah t- people in coaching <laughs> shirts <laughs> uh, we'll it's say. funny
1: because um after practice cj talked to the local media and was asked about his relationship um, with Calvin Ridley, and he started talking, he's like, you know, we've been going back since, like, high school 7-on-7s, seven and then Ridley, like, came up behind him, and was like, oh, there he is, <laughs> he's like, man, he a good player, man, he just talked too much, he talked too damn much, and he's like, facts, yeah, facts, I do, yeah, um, right, I'm not gonna argue yeah. that, yeah, and, like, that's how players around the league view him, they they know he's like this, you know, they know he's, he's a, he's a shit-talker, but they also know he can back it up, and mm-hmm even Kelvin Shepard, I got him a little bit after practice, and he goes, that's what we've been missing. Um, I felt like we've been missing a dude oh, yeah. like that. He brings that to our defense. He's like, I don't mind a guy that talks as long as you can back it up, and he can back it up. So CJ was probably one of the best players on the field during these joint practices. He picked off Trevor Lawrence again on Thursday in shorts and almost had another one where he came like running across the field like a full sprint, almost picked it off. He did like the Michael Jordan jump man in the air with like one hand and like nearly t- like caught a pass with one hand. It was, it was insane. So he looks great. Um, I did think like Lawrence and some of these receivers, like Zay Jones had a really good week. Calvin Ridley had a really good week. Um, you know, Cam Sutton gave up a few touchdowns, I think, in the red zone area. But, you know, it's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good test going back and forth against those receivers, the secondary. Um, so that was probably my main takeaway is that uh, – this group looks ready to go. Like, if this were last year's group, they would have gotten cooked. Yeah. Cooked, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, it would have been bad. And the fact that they were having some battles, they are winning some, you know, holding their own against all these pass catchers, to me, tells me that they're ready to go for week one.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with Shepard more there uh, because it's so obvious. Um, a lot of people point back to, like, the Lions really haven't had a presence like this since Diggs, and I would argue that, like, CJ is – way better. I mean, he's a I'm Nothing against Quandary Diggs, but I think Gardner Johnson's a much better player. And I think that the confidence that he brings is much more legitimate. And when you have a guy on your team, defensively, that has, like, alpha confidence, right? And he's around the ball all the time, which he is, it brings up every boat on the field. Like, everybody ends up feeling like they can run through concrete or whatever. Like, when he will make you know uh, he's this is how this guy gets into fights with his own like his own team ends up fighting him like during like you know practice for games (laughs) like i mean it's just he doesn't slow down he doesn't stop and the 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 point about playing defense uh is to just create chaos right it's to create as much organized chaos as you can possibly create in seven seconds five to seven seconds And when you are in someone's head all the time and you're never off their hip, man, like that carries so much weight all across the board. And he's right. The Lions, I mean, they had Slay uh, in that era when they had some good defenses, Slay and Diggs. And I think that when you look back and you say like, those are the type of attitudes that sort of bring up groups. And, you know, I think that those attitudes and a guy like CJ, who's so confident and doesn't care what anybody thinks. Bring that out of other guys who also have it. I'm curious to see, even like we've talked about so much about how he's impacted, um, how he will impact Kirby Mm -hmm. and you know, all these Brian Branch. Like, I'm curious to see how he impacts like Hutchinson and uh, you know, the other guy, all the guys up front, everybody. I'm curious to see how everybody reacts or like brings up their level when he gets out there in a game and just goes unhinged because you know he's going to, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, so. And that's what Aaron Glenn wants. That's how they play. They are they're they want to play that sort of, like, we're coming at you in waves style. And I'm very curious to see, because you can see it in practice, Colton. You're 100% right. Like, they have a different attitude about them in every team period, in every single one. They come out there, and they're like, we're coming to get something. And if it doesn't work, whatever, we're going to, like, still hit somebody and knock somebody's ass out and talk about it or whatever. Right? It's a totally different yeah.
1: feel. Totally different. It's funny you mention Aiden, because, like, if you watch the secondary and then you watch, like, the defensive line, mm. the personalities in both position groups are just so oh, – I, that, right, I yeah. guess that's the thing across the league, right? <laughs> but it's just so funny watching, like, Aiden get up to the podium. He's just like, you know what? I'm just – had a good offseason, just trying to get better every day. And then CJ goes up there. He's like, nah, I mean, I'm the best DB in the league. <laughs> you know, like, just the, the differences right. there is hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, my takeaway from practice is that um, – Three dudes on this team, Brian Brantz, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Kirby Joseph. Those three dudes are going to get their mm-hmm. hands on a lot of passes this year, like interceptions, deflected yeah. passes. Branch has been making plays left and right. He's still in that like starting first-team nickel role. That has not changed in either of these joint practices. Um, Kirby got a hand on yeah, some passes. Uh, C.J. had the two interceptions. So they have so many ball hawks in this group right now. And they can back it up. Like, if they want to talk, they're making the place to back it up. So, um, the secondary's in good hands, man. Like, they've really – it's in short order. Like, a couple years ago, this was looking a little rough. You get Kirby in here. You make some signings. You draft well. Like, that's how fast things can change. Like, this – it sort of feels like the Lions offense, right, like last year, where you're like – you're watching in practice, and you're like, they look pretty good, but can it, tra- can it carry over into the season? And – You know, I know this defense Mm -hmm. has had its struggles over the years, but I'm watching the secondary, I'm like, I feel like this can carry over. I feel like they can be one of the better units in the NFL. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: I think they should be able to do so much more. I just think they should be able to do so much more. Like that's what has been limiting them in so many ways. Is like, okay, when you're when you're in a rough spot and you don't have a lot of guys that know what they're doing, you can't do a lot of stuff, right? You have to pretty much be like, We're you have to almost default to like we're a man team even if we don't have the athletes (laughs) because like we don't know what we're doing man coverage is pretty simple, right? We all get that. We all understand that. And, you know, in Aaron Glenn's first two years here and maybe this will be how we see more of it. He's been one of the more man heavy coaches. They've run a lot more man and they've played a lot more single high, I think than we thought he would do as well. But, you know, as time goes on here, I do wonder because, you know, with they do like to bring pressure and they do like to do different stuff. And we've seen some pressures. We saw them last week. Uh, I didn't see as many because I wasn't watching defense but last week they got after uh, the Giants constantly Mm -hmm. in those practices and I think what you're seeing is uh, the Lions are going to be a much better zone team this year I feel like in or at least have the potential to be which is going to take pressure off of always having to have a man call on and like a you know like you can do something else or you can change it up uh, because you can move guys around you've got Two players are going to be on the field at all times, and Kirby and uh, and CJ that can cover a shitload of ground back there, uh, half the field basically. If yep. they want, you know, half and half if you need it, and then you've got the guys underneath that can run too. If you're we're talking about Derek Barnes getting better, uh, Malcolm is still playing well. We know that Jack Campbell can run, um, Alan Zaloni can run. That's the best thing he does actually. So like I think that they finally maybe. Uh, I know Campbell talked about iffy on the radio the other day. That got me excited. Yeah. Uh, finally, maybe they have like the personnel to mix it up a little bit, be a little more multiple in your cover and not be so predictable. Because that was it, it was twofold for the Lions and the and the problems when it was like really bad. It was just there was no solving it because all they could really do was play man because they would either be hurt so badly to where they're down to guys off the street, nobody knows what they're doing, and it's all rookies or you know. <laughs> and I should say on top of that or the guys weren't fast enough to do it so it was just like you're getting cooked, cooked constantly so I just I think they should be more multiple I would assume that um, and I'm really curious to see sort of how that looks what about the other guys up front Did you what, what did you notice about, uh, about that because I would think that I'm not sure the Jags have what I would call a dominant offensive line I would think you'd see more wins for the Lions in that scenario yeah they
1: did um, <clears throat> a two minute situation at the end of practice uh, on Thursday, which I thought was interesting. They had basically every unit go up against each other, but um, started off with the Jags offense, first team versus Alliance Lions, first team defense. Um, I think the situation was, like, the ball was on the 25. There's, like, a minute and 18 seconds left. One timeout. Um, 10-10 game, so tie game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the point was just to go down and try to win the game, either whether it was a touchdown or a field goal. Um, yeah. And... The Lions defense got out there, and they forced a three and out on Trevor Lawrence, and that Jags offense got off the field. Let's go. And I think the last play was an Aiden Hutchinson sack, where he basically just tapped Trevor's hip and forced him to scramble, whatever, and they blew the play dead for a sack. So I was watching that, and I was like, all right, Aiden, I see you. Aiden, I think he's going to have a big year, man. Like He looks ready to go. Um, We talked about him, but he's one of those guys where you're like, you don't really have to talk about him a lot, because like you just know what you're going to get from him, even if... Even if it's, he doesn't get like yeah. marginally better, like I still think his floor is like so solid that you don't have to worry about him at all. Like you know what you're gonna get. Um I agree. But yet yeah, he has all this room to get better. So um we'll see about him. John Kaminsky, I thought he had a good day. Uh he is so quick to like sniff out screenplays. Like he is a very smart player, has a high football IQ, and he has this insane motor where he's always running. Like you'll see him sprint like 50 yards on a single play, just to, like track down a ball carrier that he had no business like being around. Like it wasn't even his responsibility. Um, so Kaminsky's having having a good week. Um, I thought with the linebackers, Derek Barnes looked good again. Um, he's usually always in the position. Um, you know, he had one, there's one play that Trevor Lawrence like lofted ball like right over the outstretched arms of Derek Barnes. And I'm like, there's probably four quarterbacks yeah. in the league that can make that throw. Otherwise, like Barnes is probably. Man. Deflecting it yeah, or tipping so it, good, but buddy. that's just Trevor Lawrence. So you got to tip, tip your hats up. Um, and then Jack Campbell, Jack Campbell. Let me tell you, because I led off my observations with uh, a Jack Campbell story. There was a play. I think he said he told me after practice that it was like a third and short, you know, play. And it was a Jack second team mm-hmm. offense versus the Lions second team defense, and it was a little swing pass to their running back, to Michael Hasty. Um, he tries to get a feel. Jack Campbell's like right there um, all week. His, his instincts and uh, just the speed to the ball have really flashed from me. And it, again on that play, so they're running up the the sideline. Campbell's right there. Hasty throws a stiff arm at Jack. Again, they're in shorts, so they're not supposed to tackle. <laughs> but Jack saw stiff arm and was like, "Oh, bet it's on." <laughs> <We're tackling>. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Iowa dog in him, and he kind of like <laughs> yeah. grabbed him. Yeah. And I don't think he was trying to tackle. I think he was just trying to, like, stop his momentum and just, like, you know, whatever. Uh, but Hasty goes to the ground. Uh, Jack said after okay. practice, I'm pretty sure he tripped, but whatever, you know, that people saw that as a tackle. <laughs> uh, and it happened right in front of the Jack sideline. Like, the Lions are on one sideline the Jags are on the other side. So, it happened right in front. So, all, the, all of a right, sudden... Yeah. You see black jerseys just swarming Jack, and like everyone's like ganging up on him. Yeah, this rookie linebacker in the middle of everything. (laughs) And then the whole line sideline runs over to the other side. Like CJ was in there first, like Kirby, uh, like Jerry Jacobs. Like the whole team ran over. Oh, God. And I asked Jack about that play. He's like, Yeah, I don't really care. I'll take on the whole sideline. Like, I'm just trying to play ball, man. Like, (laughs) he's like, I was ready to do it again. That's just me, though. I don't know. He, he is really good. I think he's going to be just fine. I'm,
0: I would be surprised if he gets a lot of time in this in this preseason yeah. game. Honestly, because like, at some point you're going to start shelving him because he is, he's been. I don't know. I mean, there hasn't been like there have been times. I would argue because we're going to talk about Gibbs in a second. I have had like no days where I have been like oh, that wasn't, like, that impressive from Gibbs. And I have had no days where I wasn't, like, that wasn't that impressive from Campbell. They've both been, like, A-plus in my book. Like, and I was going to say, Campbell might be their most impressive rookie, and he might be. Um, because I just haven't seen... You're right, Colton, like, he gets better every time out. I haven't seen any moment, one, yet, where he has looked overwhelmed. Not one. Not one. I have seen that, like, every other rookie. Maybe not Branch. He might be the other one I'm forgetting. I always forget about Branch. Um... But, like, every other rookie, and they've all been good, have had these moments where it's like, oh, they got rookied on that one. I have not seen that. Maybe it's just I missed the ones on Campbell. He's just looked like an NFL player from the day he walked in the door, and it just continues, like, all the way through. I'm also glad that you brought up Hutchinson and uh, Kaminsky because Kaminsky is one of these guys, to me, that, like, we talk about breakout candidates. He's like a quiet, who's to say he couldn't? He has everything that you – I mean, he just can't stay healthy. Like, that's always been the thing with him, and I think that's why he ended up, like, on the block last year and the Lions were in that advantageous waiver spot yep. to get him. Um But, like, who's to say he can't take off? Like, he when he was on and healthy last year, he was And ridiculous. he made them better. Yeah. I mean, right you away. saw his impact when you yeah, left right him when
1: he was in the lineup. Like, immediately. Um Yes, right. He's looked great. He's had a great camp, a great preseason. He was awesome in the Giants game. I'm surprised he played as long as he did in the Giants game, but maybe that's just a thing where you need yeah, some bodies right. at defensive end. I get it. Um, but, yeah, he looks ready to go, man, and Aiden looks ready to go, and a lot of these young dudes look ready to go. Like Campbell mentioned him. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I to me, like that little dust-up, whatever you want to call it, to me that told me that he's ready for the show. Oh, yeah. Um, Because he looked a little timid, I'll say that, like in minicamp and um, probably the first week in training camp. He looked like he was a rookie, making some mistakes and maybe hesitant or or whatever. Now he's sprinting to the football. He knows where he's supposed to go. He's taking on an entire team sideline by himself and, like, is not backing down. Mm -hmm. And he he even said he's like, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to, like, take time out of practice just because of something I started. But, like, (laughs) same time, like, I'm not going to shy away. So I was like, there you go, Rook. He's looking good. The coach's yeah. dream. So,
0: <laughs> I, I like I, I the the rookie class this year has been terrific. I, I don't know what else to say. That it's been everything that they probably could have hoped so far um, <laughs> in camp. I mean, they have all they have all been pretty you see good. That, you see I that mean, clip of,
1: of uh, Brad Holmes watching the game on like the alternate broadcast and like Brian, Brian Branch no, like, killed what the he, dude. Oh god! And then he was. What did he do? He was just like, yeah, you know. He's been doing that pretty much all camp. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Was oh, the, yeah. No yeah. big deal. <laughs> the most <Yeah>. like nonchalant <laughs> like answer as Brian Branch is out here killing dudes on the field. He's waiting, I'm sure, lying in wait to really
0: make a dunk on people, but like I'm telling you right now, and uh we we've all talked about Broderick Martin and they got mad at us, but he's looked yes. good. Laporta, I, I has continued to look good, and I thought that there were actually times where he's probably come back to earth a little bit, but he still um, looks on good t- on the two-minute drill uh, with the lines off on the field.
1: Laporta yeah. got three passes from Goff, and they went down the field. So and there you go. Ball, so, yeah.
0: like, I, my only gripe with him would be like, you know, there are days where it could be more consistent, probably. Like I guess you know he's a young guy, whatever, but like that's about yeah. it. And then and it's the same with all the rookies and everybody, but they all can go. All of them. They can all play. Like, Antoine Green, even. Like, Mm -hmm. he can play. Uh, Sorsdal can play. Like, he's not a bad football player. Like, I, yeah, we're going to hear some strutting from Holmes if these guys all stay healthy because uh, this flips me over the offensive side. And it was a rough day on Wednesday there, rougher than it's been for the offense because... St. Brown went down in, like, 7-on-7 uh, seven seven, uh, right away, the first, like, rep, I think. And then he was done for, I, for honest, uh, I think, the rest yep. of the day. And then Jameson was out pretty quickly after that. So you got no Mims, no Jameson, no uh, St. Brown. You're down to, like, nothing at this point. So uh, they had to, you know, throw the ball to the backs a lot. Is, ended up what it being. It wasn't Goff's best eight. Uh, Devin Lloyd looked amazing. Jags linebacker, yep. inside linebacker. The Jags have... Some really good, Cisco looked good, Andre Sisko looked really good. I actually thought Trayvon Walker had a nice day, and he's one that I keep looking back on, and I say maybe he has a breakout year, and I thought he was probably better in some areas than I thought he would be last year, and people forget the context of where his growth chart is. So the Jags have a lot of really good talent up front. Chad Mumma, I like him a lot. And the Lions front, with, with uh, Frank back in, no problem. Mowing people down, second line was coming in, doing what it needed to do as well. I mean, that that was probably my biggest takeaway from the day is that they ran the ball when they whenever they needed to run the ball. And Gibbs, anytime he touches it, there was including on one where it was just a simple, like, I think it was Sudfeld in with the second team, just a boot pass where they're trying to take a shot, mid-level shot or deep shots taken away, mid-level shot is uh, taken away, and he just dumps it to Gibbs who runs 35 yards and just beats everyone to the yeah. corner. And you're like, whoa, whoa. So my takeaway is that, you know, your backs look like they're supposed to look and Gibbs, Colton, has – I am very, very interested to see Jameer Gibbs in an NFL game when it starts. I don't know if we'll see him again in a preseason game the rest of the way. I think they got
1: what they yep. needed. I think they've gotten what they've needed out of him. He's looked really yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't run the risk of putting a 5'9 running back out there for too long in the preseason just because nope. you don't want to leave either. it up to injury. And, you got other guys that yeah, need the work you too. And you're fighting so, – yeah, there they're go. guys fighting for spots, right? Like – that RB3, mm-hmm. RB4 spot is still interesting to me. I think Craig Reynolds is pretty much locked up RB3. The question is if they want a fourth guy. Jamar Jefferson's back out there at practice after missing some time. They got Betty Snell around. Yeah, and he had a nice cut the other day, yeah, too. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, those guys need to work more than a guy like Gibbs. But I agree. I think you've seen what you need to see from Gibbs. Like, he looks the part. He looks explosive. Um, in practice, he's been doing his thing. Like mm. It's weird to say that he's a guy I don't really worry about, but I – don't really worry about him. <laughs> like I don't either. We'll see in the regular <laughs> I, like we'll see in the regular season, obviously. But like to me, right now, I think I in know. practice he's shown everything he's needed to shown. Show. show. Um, he looks explosive. He's catching passes out of the backfield. Um, you know, he looks the part of the twelfth overall pick and this running back that you drafted might <laughs> kind of be this multi dimensional weapon. So, yeah, they were doing some two-back stuff
0: um, with him and Montgomery running routes and I was like okay and they have Devin Lloyd and Muma, and uh I forget the other kid who's a pretty fast backer. and they couldn't do anything with him it was just like they could not because these two guys when you're both Montgomery's a pretty good route runner too I don't think people really realize yeah. that like he can that do to me is the biggest upgrade over there all
1: what, he, what <laughs> yeah, he can do right? as like, a pass I so yeah. yeah
0: yeah and so that's a huge upgrade on its own but like Gibbs Man, like it's you see it when he touches the ball, just how fast he gets from the ball is in my hands in my first step and I am gone. And it is in the preseason game, I tweeted it somewhere in there like there is one play where it's like a 6-yard maybe an 8-yard run and it's just like an inside zone and it's not it's not really that well blocked. It's okay, but it's not like amazing and he squeezes in there and, like, contorts his body and slips and makes, like, three little shuffle cuts and got, like, eight yards on a play that Jamal Williams and any other back on this team would have gotten up. Uh, the what? way he operates in traffic
1: Maybe zero. is so impressive. I agree. <laughs> yeah.
0: was, I was like, oh, my God, this is nuts. And so I was like, take him out of the game <laughs> right right there. Don't play him again. <laughs> so, yeah, right, put him in bubble wrap because he's got it. And, like, when we talk about the rookies and being worried about the guys, we talk about that every year. Uh, this is the fastest I think I've been to a point with the Lions under Holmes' class that you're like, all these guys are p- probably going to be able to help in some, or at least play, I, I would think. And and that is a, man, that's a great sign. I, I just don't, I don't think you can really say anything bad about this draft class right now. It's been everything they've wanted it to be uh, pretty much everywhere across the board. And I saw that on offense again. I mean, it's just, it continues to yep. live up.
1: They've got five dudes probably that can play at least as a rotation part, like right away between Gibbs, Campbell, yeah. Laporta, Branch, and Broderick Martin. Uh, Hooker is obviously working his way back, but you know, you'd expect him to be a solid back yeah. down the road. Sorzol's coming like, he's along, a, he's right. going to make the team. Like he's sort of the seventh offensive lineman right now. You got Antoine Green, who can still make the roster if he has, you know, final you know, impress a few weeks here. And he's, he's not, not bad. bad. I thought he looked really good in the preseason. Yeah, he looked bad. explosive. He had like a 24 yard mm-hmm. catch. Um, and he's getting an opportunity now with the second team. So I would not rule him out making the team either. Um, so that's pretty much your entire draft class that can help you, along with some UDFAs. It's really good. You know, that can help you too. Right. So Starling Thomas, you know, Dylan Drummond, Coda, like those guys, I would not be surprised if they make the team either. So pretty good draft class here by uh, Mr. Brad Holmes. And if I were him, bad, if, you man. know, it's still so early. You gotta let these dudes play out. But I would be doing a victory lap if I were him. <laughs> like, yeah, he's getting ready. Yeah, he's getting he's ready. Getting he's, ready. Getting he's, ready. Up. Get he's warming up. He's stretching for his victory like lap. Minute, <laughs> yeah,
0: it'll be a forty minute video production, and it'll be
1: awesome. Yeah, for or whatever. Sure. When it's all
0: when it's all said and <laughs> done. Okay, so Jags Lions uh, here on Saturday. Uh, so the plan is the same. They're not going to play the starters. It'll be pretty much what we saw. Uh, that was the so uh, except said. Teddy, I assume, will play.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't know what um, the pecking order is going to be there. I guess that's the question. Yeah. Um, because Sudfeld was still taking most of the second team snaps. You know, they're mixing Teddy in, but he mm-hmm. is just getting here, just learning the playbook. So, you know, maybe they put him out there first and have like some scripted plays for him and he'll do like a series or two. But I would, ex- I would still expect Nate Sudfeld to get most of the work um, in the second yeah. game. So we'll see. But good pecking order there. Who else are
0: you uh, uh, circled as far as guys that you're watching maybe this week where it's like either they need a week to – it has to happen or they'll fall behind or a guy that maybe can make a jump. What are Who are some of the guys on your list here?
1: Um, so I had Benito Jones in my last roster projection. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, with five defensive tackles. I don't know if they're going to keep five because they do have some defensive ends like Pascal and Kaminsky that can move inside. Uh, So they could go with four, but, you know, I think he's had a good preseason. He's had a good training camp. So if he has another good performance, I think he can sort of move himself maybe off the bubble and into the 53. Uh, Those receivers, you know, those UDFAs and young dudes like Antoine Green, um, definitely watching them now after some of the injuries here. They're going to get most of the work again. Um, RB3 spot between Jamar Jefferson, Benny Snell, Oh, Moe is still banged up, unfortunately, so I don't know if he'll be able to go. It sounds like he'll be out a little bit, a little bit longer. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, he Savion, Chase Lucas, like, that extra DB spot down the road. Because I think, you know, yeah, I would probably look at that spot because I, I've seen some good things from Savion, and I like Savion as a player. That's a big I've seen one. some good things from Chase Lucas, yeah. and I like Chase Lucas. I feel like the staff, or maybe the front office, prefers if, if he wins that job because he was a third-round pick yeah. and they move him to safety and they're trying to figure things out with him. Um, but he's just missed so much time and has has been in and out of the lineup. And know. even when he's practiced, he's gotten torched by Aaron Glenn. And I know they're saying good things about him now, but it's <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, you got to go out and prove it, man. So I think he needs, like, to have a good game yeah, here. Yeah. He's been out there practicing, so let's see what he can do. Um, so that's probably what I'm looking at.
0: I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. glad you brought that up maybe that'll be the last point here today because i think that that's a great spot that that backup safety situation is important and we've talked about it before the season a lot because you don't know how long cj will be here uh long term we don't and we don't know how long walker will be here either really i mean if we're being honest you don't so um you're trying to work and see what the future holds and like they've held on to iffy through some tough cuts as we've talked about and you know they cut Savion last year when I thought he probably should have made the team. And you're right about Chase Lucas. He's another guy where he, you know, he does enough, but it's like we'll see. But really, the one he is the one that that I every time he's on the field, uh, my eyes go to him because like he's so big. He's I guess he's six three. He looks six four to me. <laughs> I don't. I mean, he's he's six three six four. He's incredibly long. Um, he's got great speed. And he has changed his body completely. This is not the same iffy that we saw two years ago that busted his shoulder making one tackle on a guy because he was like 180 pounds, you know, and rail thin. This is not that. I mean, he looks like a linebacker in some, you know, almost. Like a a hybrid, you know. Like what you want him to look like. And you're right, Colton, the question now is, and the reason I think why they're on his ass all the time is because they want it to work. Because they know what's in there. And... I wish they had, in some ways, I wish they had just moved him right away. And maybe they felt that they couldn't because they didn't want to overload him. But in some ways, I wish they just moved him to safety right away and said, get in the weight room and start putting bulk on and getting bigger. And we avoid some of these little nicks and bruises because he has missed a lot of valuable time. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you cut him and keep Savion Smith, he's getting picked up by somebody and you're going to have to face him at some point when it clicks. And... If you're looking up in two years and saying, like, well, Tracy left us because we started Kirby over him and he got pissed. And (laughs) CJ signed a big deal with somebody else because why wouldn't he? And well, if he's starting with the Giants, (laughs) like, what are we doing here? You know, so like that's that's part of the conversation still with him. It'll be the same thing with Jameson when it comes time to talk about that, probably, maybe more so because of where he was drafted. But like, that's just how it how it goes. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, well, if you keep a mistake, that's just Idiocy. You're just doubling down. It's like, well, no, that you can't. All you, I don't think we can call Ify a mistake. It, you know, it's just like the circumstances were what they were. Mm-hmm. At some point, it would be a mistake to keep him if he's not ready to play. But like, the upside there is greater than just about anybody else back there. We're talking yeah. about guys. Guys, I, develop may, yeah. guys develop at their own pace. Maybe anybody.
1: Guys develop at their own pace. So, so like,
0: you can't wait forever. But yeah, some
1: some yeah, I think because when Iffy is looking good, he looks really good. And you're like, okay, I see this. Like, I thought his, he played in the Packers game to end of the year. I thought he had a good game. And I'm like, all right, I'm starting he to did. see this a little bit. You want to see it more. I understand last year was his first time playing safety. So you get him a full offseason at this position, let it work out. If you need him, you need him. If you don't, he's there. Um, you know, so like, I, I wouldn't give up on him yet. And I, do, I agree. There is a, a point to be made no. about upside versus just like, how much really are you going to use a Savion Smith like when everyone's healthy? versus mm-hmm. um, right. a guy like Iffy that you can continue to develop and maybe take over as a starter down the road. Because I don't think Savion, love the, love the guy, love his competitive attitude, but I don't think he's the starter in this league. if he has starting upside. So I think if it comes down to that, you take that guy and you try to make it work. And if not, it gets to a point where it's not working, then you can cut ties and move on or whatever and feel okay about it because you gave it all you had. But I don't think it's, they're at a point now where they can give up on him.
0: No, and you nailed it. Everybody develops at their own time and rate and including especially in the NFL and this gets lost during the season. Yes. During the regular season. It happens all the, most of the time, usually. Not, it doesn't happen in preseason or the off season the weight room. It happens during the season like when they're playing. So or practicing or whatever when the when it's serious, when it's like we're not fucking around anymore. It's not like we're not having like team snack or whatever like after this workout yeah. like we're trying to beat this team and go to the playoffs like that's when guys grow or fall or die like it's that's when you learn the most and so it's like that it is a really tough spot and I don't know how it's going to shake out because in last year I'm sure it came it he was probably the last one on the list or one of where it was like we're going to have to cut somebody that probably deserves it but like I can't do it and at this point deserves and we're trying to win like is a little bit different I would say a lot bit different, and like I would also make the argument, even if he's not all the way ready, maybe. And you'd say that Savion, you think maybe is a little bit more ready this time. I don't care because I think that, like to Colton's point, like what if if he takes off in week six yep. and just becomes a stud? Savion's not ever gonna uh, match that level. So like that's I would take the what if there, and you have the luxury to do it now. It, I like I've had people ask me about him a lot too. Like would you cut him? And I'm like no, no. way. But I, I'm not making the decision there. I don't think Holmes would either, but, like, we'll see. Because they have a lot more guys now. They you don't. know, Like, it's tighter. Can't be just cutting no. guys.
1: <laughs> I mean. uh, real quick, do you want to talk about offensive tackle? Like, the third offensive tackle? Yeah. Um. Yeah, go for because it. Because it seems to me like there are three guys kind of vying for that spot. And that's Matt Nelson, uh, Jermaine Effetti, and uh, Obina Ezi. And... Right. I think Afedi's making a push here.
0: Uh, I was going to say, I liked him the last yeah, day I was out there. I yeah, wrote him down.
1: Because um, he's not getting beat, like, too much. Uh, like, Nelson, you see, like, the obvious mistakes. Um, he's maybe, like, he, we, we've talked about him. You know the, the role that you're getting from him, this jumbo package lineman that's going to help you in the run game, things like that. I do think Afedi's, like, a bit more consistent yeah. as an in-game tackle. And they've been putting him at left tackle. They've been putting uh, Nelson at right tackle. That, to me, kind of was a bit of a shift. And that tells me that maybe they want to see what he can do at left tackle. And maybe he's that OT3. Um, as, yeah, I think he's coming along. Dan Campbell had some nice things to say about him. Uh, but I think he needs a couple good preseason performances here to end, uh, to kind of make a push. Otherwise, he'll probably go back to practice squad. Um, but, yeah, that's another position I'm watching. I don't know. What, what have you seen from those guys uh, in the few times that you've so, <laughs> I
0: agree completely with you. Yeah, I agree completely with you about Eafeti. And, and that's... He's a guy, actually, who is a really good athlete. And I think he was a first-round pick once upon a time. Uh, a long time ago. Or he, not long time ago. He's not that old. <laughs> I don't even think he's 30. But whatever. He's a good athlete. He moves really well. Uh, he showed up every time. And I every time I've been out there, the second line in run drills in these uh, joint practices have done okay. Like, they've and he's been involved in that. And so there are times where I get him in uh where I think it's easy out there and it's not and it's it's Ifedi and he's moving like I thought easy was mo- and I'm like, "Whoa." And so like he has been I think pretty good. Like I think he's probably the guy that I would I would almost go with him over Nelson, I think, uh, if you had to do it today. Yeah. And I think that you're right. It would be between those two and easy like still makes too many stupid mistakes i feel like like you know yeah. what i'm saying like too many to probably make the team and i don't think you would i don't think anybody's gonna he's sign probably a year away and we'll i think see. yeah
1: i think he's probably safe yeah uh on the practice one
0: yeah i think yeah. so too but we'll see and i would almost be like he would be one that i'd be like i don't want to put him on preseason tape
1: too many <laughs> more times
0: <laughs> Just like, i mean he's so yeah. long you know like I don't want too many more uh, things out there on him, but yeah, I think you could see. He's a ball out. clay, and everyone's well, looking an for offensive battle, line for sure. help, so
1: yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. he ends up on another team, but yeah, yeah, man, I'd say, yeah, running back, the wide receiver depth, offensive line, um, the defensive tackle spot, and secondary, that's probably what I'm watching mm-hmm. for the preseason game, and it uh, should be fun out there Saturday. Uh, I'm going to try to get out of there as soon as possible, because uh, our friend Max Boltman, stuff. Uh shout out to Max Boltman, our rep. Red Wings Rider here at The Athletic yes. he's having his uh, bachelor weekend out here in Detroit so uh, bachelor party weekend so uh, we'll be out and about but uh, plenty well, of I, coverage to come you guys be careful I'll of course in. of course be <laughs> responsible um, yeah it should be fun
0: not too responsible though <laughs> Max is getting married yes. that's good good for Max Happy and Allison congrats to them when is the wedding I think Mr we, we know the we know the officiant I believe of this we do. wedding
1: do we know? Uh, <laughs> Mr. BQ yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, that's right. I think it's in November <laughs> and I'll be able to uh, well, be able very make good. it so that's good news but yeah. awesome. should be a good Congrats weekend those two.
0: very good uh, okay well I think that'll do it for this week Golden, um, of course will be there uh, as long as he has to be uh, for, uh, for Alliance Jags like everybody else but I assume it'll be a good crowd and uh, they'll probably get a lot of work done so once again Thanks for listening. Next week, Colton, what's the sk- uh, next week? Are they back on a? What are, their, are they? They're on the road next week somewhere. Are they, they
1: do play in the Panthers, but they'll be in Allen Park. You know, the practice leading up, and then uh, they hit Carolina, Carolina for that final. Is that a weekend game? Yeah, I think it's a. It's, I don't know, Friday or Saturday. One of those games. One of those days. All right, we'll, we'll <laughs>
0: figure it out next week. I don't know what date we'll go on, but it'll be a day next week somewhere along the way. Uh, anyway, Thanks for listening, For Colton on Nick. Thanks again. Take care.